royals and ghouls. Lock your doors and strap yourselves in. From Los Angeles, California, this is the Boo Crew Podcast. Horror news, commentary, reviews, interviews, and more. With your hosts, Leone D'Antonio, Lauren and Trevor Shan, Austin Wilkin, and Rachel Tejada. Let's go! It's the Boo Crew Podcast, episode number five. We'll begin with the reign of terror, just to show we make no distinction. This week, we're talking about the indie horror anthology film 1031. We also feature music from the film, as its creator Rocky Gray is our composer of the week. The musical interludes on this edition are all from Rocky and the 1031 soundtrack. We also have singer for the band New Year's Day and the Haxons, Ash Costello, joining us for the second chapter of our two-part hang with her. This time around, find out about the writing process on this new New Year's Day album, haunting the studio with the Haxons, the Haunted Mansion, and a whole lot more. Also, part of the Boo Crew family, Morgan, and the paranormal goings-on in her family's 1925 Victorian estate. Stay under the covers for this one. You're hacking your way through another episode of The Boo Crew. Freshest cuts of new stuff. Here's Sweet Screams. Malvolia, the queen of screams, is a horror host having a marathon that some kids are watching on TV Halloween night. And she presents five segments, each by a different director, all of them being horror shorts revolving around the Halloween holiday. We are talking about the film 1031. Good evening, my victims. And welcome to my Halloween monster marathon with me, your host, Malvolia, the queen of screams. Back in 2016, there was another indie horror film that came out from some of the people in this collective called The Barn. What was really cool about the rollout of The Barn is the funds were raised in part by one of the most amazing indie go-go campaigns I've ever seen. Perks included custom-made action figures of the monsters in the film. They did a video game, the soundtrack, and retro packaging on cassette, a board game. The Barn did really well on the festival circuit and got amazing reviews. So I've been a fan of what this crew was up to since then. And uh, so, yeah, I was really stoked when they started another Indiegogo for 1031. And it's all wrapped up and it's finally in our hands. And it's available if you go to the website 1031film.com to get your copy. What did you guys think? I thought it was a fun movie, man. That first segment the old hag yes directed by justin seaman who is actually the director of the barn yeah that was a fun one man especially since the old hag has been talked about so much on a radio talk show called coast to coast am into that paranormal ufo stuff whatever (laughs) i didn't know that that old hag (laughs) mythology was a real thing real thing Ah. sleep paralysis is is a real thing Mm -hmm. in fact there's a documentary on netflix called i think it's called the nightmare Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah, they discussed that man people you know wake up in the middle of the night they can't breathe they feel like there's some somebody sitting on them and there's people that claim they see an old hag see I felt that during pregnancy but there's no old hag <laughs> I was so big and the pressure on yeah I'd wake up like that all the time that was right was I old remember baby. that right yeah. it's kind of cre- it's really creepy it's so scary yeah. waking up not being able to breathe and it was usually because I was on my back mm. you're not supposed to sleep on your back when you're pregnant usually your sides and mm. 
It was bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the, uh, the practical makeup effects looked really cool. Yeah, it did mm-hmm. look good. And this, yeah. I thought the set was beautiful. Whatever, yeah. if that was yeah. a real, that must that have been house. a real bed and breakfast. Yes. Yeah. Or yeah, yeah, that's it's awesome. Really cool. Yeah, that's the a great gingerbread house. house. I want to stay there. Yeah, not now. Yeah. yeah so no. that segment basically being a team of budding filmmakers go and film. Yeah, a, answer a Craigslist ad to uh, film a commercial for the bed and breakfast. Right. Only to find out there's ulterior motives for their being there. One thing also of note, the music, as soon as the as the movie starts, that kind of stab over top of the title credits and everything. Yep. That John Carpenter eighties synth totally. score. Yeah, was I like the score a lot throughout. I thought yeah. the music was really good. Yeah, well done. The and score. all the practical stuff. The like the very opening, it you know, it opens on the title and then it's obviously that prop built in front of the set and we just pan over and we're in the movie. I like that a lot. I like all yeah, that. Yeah, what was her name? Morticia? No, what was her name? Uh, Malvolia. Malvolia. The queen Re- of screams. Reminded me of watching Elvira. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, watching Macabre Theater. And I was like, oh, it's so cool, man. It's like I'm a kid again in front of a TV. You know? Right. Well, the funny thing about her is she actually was playing this role, Malvolia, the queen of screams, prior to making this movie. She actually has an active web channel. Oh, really? There's oh, like wow. 31 episodes that she's filmed all on her own that you can go and watch. So she's, oh, that's she's cool. kind of a pre-existing character that oh, they wow. brought in. Into the, into oh, the nice. The score was all done by this guy, Rocky Gray, who was formerly in the band Evanescence, the Grammy-winning band Evanescence. Yeah. He's now currently in the band We Are the Fallen. And his kind of first foray into scoring was with working on The Barn. And now he's doing a ton of horror movies and this being it. He directed the last segment in this anthology as well. He did all the music except for two segments, Killing the Dance, the roller skate episode. That was like my favorite one. That was my favorite one. Yeah, yeah. one. And the trespassers so yeah. those two were yeah. done by separate people but he did yeah. the title scores and, and everything else so there's five short stories that make up this movie and one of my favorites was killing the dance which is yeah. set at yeah. a like 1980s roller rink oh yeah on halloween night it was really cool had a great twist ending yeah totally it was directed by john william holt had this super fun electronic soundtrack that i just loved it was very bizarre looking i'm not going to spoil this but there's a segment where people are getting slashed yes and you see the razor you see the <laughs> up close razor going through the skin and I'm like wow that's almost like paying homage to Argento and to Suspiria where you see the people getting stabbed you know you see the close up shots of the knife and you know the skin penetrating so I'm like oh that's interesting but yeah very uh, very creepy man I'm not sure what the budget was on this but they did a really good job with with what they had the gore effects on the very last episode which was Rocky Gray's how do you say it the Sam Haynes slasher or yeah, the Samhain yes. slasher Sal-Wan, yeah. I know people say it different ways the gore effects on that one was great it involved um, a serial killer with a great looking mask Ouija boards the occult I don't want to go into too much spoilers because part of the fun of experiencing this is kind of unraveling the mystery as the as the movie plays out Lauren you like the trespassers a lot the second one with the scarecrow yeah I like that one it was really well done and it was exciting and that scarecrow was cool man yeah yeah super neat it was was creepy looking I like how almost every one of them that one almost every one of them had a twist at the end that was nice it did yeah that you thought it was a certain take on on the you know sub genre and then there would always be a twist the fourth one was very creepy the halloween blizzard of 1991 it's called and that was put together by brett de Yager. and that was the one that had the creepy trick-or-treaters in it mm-hmm. yeah all oh, right it's kind of like the old school mask kind of reminded me of the school bus massacre segment of trick-or-treat yes and a creepy santa claus 
We'll leave it at that. <laughs> a creepy ass Santa Claus right. where Santa Claus should not be doing things Santa Claus should not do. Nope. <laughs> Which is fun. That was it. <laughs> and yeah, that first segment, that old hag really had a kind of goosebumps feel to it to me. Yes. It oh, did. I yeah. can see that. That's a good you way know? Yeah. Look, It was like a lost goosebumps episode. Yeah. That was another thing I liked that each of these segments had a completely different look and feel. Killing the Dance, of course, that kind of 1980s chopping mall-esque yeah. <laughs> right. meets Argento look. And then, yeah, the kind of Friday the 13th Halloween slasher of the last one. Overall, it was a fun ride, and you're going to be seeing it in film festivals throughout 2018 as they're actively looking to submit. And hopefully Screamfest LA will have it for us here, and people That's can great, check man. it out. And, yeah, and, people need to see this. Yeah, definitely. And I love, like, the artwork yeah, for I it. say that. It's the most amazing cover art I've ever seen. One of the images is of a ghost floating over a cemetery with pumpkins on the ground and it's holding a jack-o'-lantern and the moon's in the background. It's done by Travis Smith who does like lots of artwork for metal bands. Then there's this other poster that has a group of trick-or-treaters with the mask character from the last segment and it's in the background and it's done by illustrator Tim Barron. It's, yeah, it's phenomenal. But yeah, th- that ghost poster that sticks with me to this day is probably one of the coolest images I've ever seen on horror film poster, indie or big budget. Right. I was yeah, really totally. effective. It totally spoke to me. If it was the 80s or the 90s and I saw that video cover VHS, I totally would have rented yeah. it yeah. <laughs> without yeah. even knowing anything about the film right, right. and seeing 1031, which I'm such a sucker for Halloween. Awesome job. Yeah, it deserves and demands a watch. And I'm curious to see what these guys would be able to do with an even bigger budget. And I think that's why people should go and order it and go check it out at festivals and give these guys your support because they obviously really love what they're doing. And and we got to support that passion. I have a special sweet treat just for you. This is the Boo Crew. Go ahead, scream. That's all we need. Another victim crawls onto the gurney for a Boo Crew autopsy. Last episode, you heard part one of our exclusive interview with Ash Costello of the band New Year's Day. She's a musician, designer, and creative whose muse is horror. We talk more about that this week and what she's been up to in the studio for you. We pick up where we left off, and that's on her experience recording the Halloween Monster Party Project alongside Piggy D, bassist with Rob Zombie. It's called the Haxons. Piggy was the one who was, uh, when we record, he has a projector and we put on horror movies. And that oh, that's was, yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. There's it so- doesn't, you don't get a lot of work done when you do yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think we, we spent, we wasted an entire day in the studio one day watching Quackbusters and we never played anything. <laughs> Which is another one of those weird things we had in common. Really? Nobody likes Quackbusters. <laughs> no one's even heard of it. Do you guys know Quackbusters? I don't know. Dude, Quack. he knew, not only did he know Quackbusters, we had the favorite nostalgic parts. Really? Oh. Yes. There's a part where Daffy Duck pretends to be a champagne bottle, and this dog, <laughs> this dog is pouring him, and he goes, "Quiggle, quiggle." And we, he knew he like quoted it. Like, he's oh, got <laughs> some memory where he's his recall is insane because I've, I've actually met him. Lauren and I hung out with him. We took him to the Magic Castle. Oh, cool. Yeah, we had a little Magic Castle. Um, he's the nicest. He's super human super nice being ever he, put on this planet. He has an encyclopedic knowledge of Scooby Doo. 
Isn't that weird? Like you can like <laughs> literally so send him. Random. Like yeah. I was for a while just sending him random <laughs> care, like bad guys, just and he'd be like, "Oh, episode number three, da, 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 You know, I was like, "Wow, wow, yeah, that's so nuts." <laughs> See, I I was not a Scooby Doo fan, so that's probably why I've never talked about that. That's so funny. But he's. I know that we went to. Um, we I had one of the most amazing experiences with him not too long ago. Was for the name of the toy making company, but we were wanting to partner in making. I don't want to say stuff I shouldn't sure, say. Sure, sure, sure. We were partying and making a, something toy-esque related mm-hmm. for goth people. So we had a, this big old meeting with this company and they go, you know, we make all the toys for like Munster, Scooby-Doo, um, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings. And I was like, no way. And like, well, we keep all of our merchandise in the warehouse in the back. You guys just want to go pick stuff out? I'm like, oh. what? <laughs> wow. Is this like, you know, when you, you're a little kid and you think, what what would I do if they were like, here's a Toys R Us, just take whatever you want. Right. We, got, yeah. we got to do that. That's amazing. <laughs> That's he cool. took one thing and it was a Scooby-Doo thing. <laughs> and I was like well, I had stuff I, they had to give me a cardboard box I had so much stuff and I was like I don't feel bad at all <laughs> and he goes I just we're, we're trying not to have so much stuff and I was like "You, what are you doing like, you have this. there was like some sort I forget what it was it was like a Superman or like a Godzilla I think it was a Godzilla toy I was like you have to take this <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna take it for you, and I'll just deliver. I'll just drop it off one day at your house. <laughs> but like, it, it, like, a tr- like what you dream of when you're a kid. I took, a, I got the the one ring to rule them all. I got like, a, <laughs> I got the Eowyn Eowyn's necklace she gives to Aragon. I got um, every Harry Potter house scarf, and I got a Death Eater wand, a Voldemort wand, like a Luna Lovegood wand. Every Harley Quinn merchandise piece of merchandise you could find. Every Joker. Wow. Nice. Bat- they did the Batman, like vintage Batman stuff. Yeah, like. Wow. Pretty much, I died for that wow. day. And went <laughs> I know, and I didn't feel bad. <laughs> What's the genesis of the Haxons project? How did you meet Piggy and get to the point where you actually talked about working together? It's really weird how we met because um, how often do you meet someone and like, oh hi, nice to meet you, being introduced, and you're like, let's take a photo together. When does that ever happen? But that's what we did, and it was super weird because. We met on the, it's called the Black Carpet, the Metal God Awards. Right. Were you and, hosting? Because you've done the thing where you've been hosting it before. Um, I wasn't hosting that year. I don't like to do that because mad respect to being on the other side of the microphone where you guys are. It's very hard for me to do. I didn't want, I didn't do it that year. I just wanted to enjoy myself and not like have that stress. Sure, yeah. So a mutual friend who knew him goes, you guys, you guys would get along. You got to, you got to meet him. And I was like, okay, who, who's Piggy D? And it's like, well, he, she, he plays Rob Zombie. I'm like, well, yeah, let's, let's meet him. Yeah. It's great. So, you know, she introduced us and right, we were like, you want to take a photo? And he's like, yeah, but let's, let's pretend like we're in a prom photo. And we're like, but <laughs> like, when do you ever do that? And then we didn't speak again for like two years. And then uh, he got my number from I don't know who and reached out to me and was like, hey, I'm starting a music project. Would you care to join? I was like, well, I would love to hear it if you have any songs. And the first song you sent me was a song called Chains. I was like, dude, this is so sad. I'd be honored. Yes. Sign me up. It took three years to make. Wow. Three years to make the record because you have to imagine he's touring a lot with Rob Zombie. Oh, yeah. It's nonstop. And then, and then you're doing your thing I'm and it's crazy. nonstop. Yeah. So we would do literally a song every six months you know so uh we we would just record we recorded in his bedroom in his house we didn't go anywhere fancy we didn't use any so i'm sure he's gotta have like connections or something yeah yeah yeah. um just on his laptop in one shitty mic that finally died in mid making and he had to go buy a new mic (laughs) he's very um humble and um not not um what's the word like lavish with things sure i remember his computer was like 
20 million years old and, and mid, midway through he finally like gave up Shit, and bought a new computer because he was like he had to like fold it the monitor like in a certain spot <laughs> or else it would like go black so and it was just it was just super cool to get to know him because I went right to his house not really knowing him yeah and through the process of just like getting to know him you know it's, him and his wife are just the nicest coolest people yeah, and yeah. I don't just say that like I have to say that because I wouldn't say shit if the person was like not so nice. Right. He's got to be the nicest person I've ever met. Like he hung the moon. He's awesome. <laughs> you got to be taking that to the stage. We're trying. We're trying. It's hard because touring schedule. But yeah. I don't want to get anyone's hopes up because I know there's people who want this to happen. And no one more than Piggy and myself. So we're hoping to do a tour in March with John Five. As oh, his cool. project, yeah, oh, wow. who's uh, another sweetie pie. He's always Super been nice. Cool Super guys. nice guy. So yeah. I can't, and I'm just like, you know, hanging out. I, I so many times my mind's blown. I'm just like, what is my life? Like, what? Because <laughs> uh, he, he I'd never seen Rob Zombie. I'm not a big concert goer, so I'd never seen Rob Zombie. I still and, haven't seen Rob Zombie either. Oh, okay, dude. Okay. I, I don't feel. I don't feel so bad. Okay, what, one of the best productions you'll ever see. I agree. I mean, yes. I've seen robots on stage with Rob Zombie. I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> coolest Incredible. visuals. Yeah. Just and right up her alley too it's like yep. it's it's just right i, I can't believe i haven't seen rob zombie usually i'm on the other side you know working at k-rock i'll be in the background oh, recording the show and editing yeah. out the swear words or whatever but i always miss it yeah i hear that a lot when we do festivals i go so are you excited to see in the bands i go no i'm gonna be working you know like, yeah. oh, that's why i don't like doing doing that yeah yeah i'd no, rather just be a uh, uh hanging out so uh i got to go to one of the concerts right Finally, I've idolized Rob Zombie since I was listening to music, you know, my whole life. And, you know, being a House of Thousand Corpses fan and all these things. And he goes, well, you know, I, I bought them all presents for the tour bus. Oh, so I'm cool. like, if I'm going to go... I'm going to, I guess it's Italian to me. I was like, I'm going to show up empty handed. So I bought, <laughs> I bought quack busters for the bus. They can all watch it. And like pumpkin scented candles and vegan candies. And I walked on the bus and Rob was just putting his pants on. I was like, what is my life? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> and he didn't pay much mind to me. They, you know, I walked, I walked uh, backstage and Piggy goes, oh, this is Ash. She goes, hey, that was it. That was it. That was my whole experience. And I got to watch from stage level and I was getting texts from all other musician people who know who I am, who are on the crowd. They're like, wow, the fuck did you get back? stage I'm just like, I'm like Hi, yeah. <laughs> so it's just you know oftentimes I'm I'm like wow what did I do right where I got here yeah making this awesome music with this amazing person who I've looked up to for so long it's just weird the Haxons though this year you gotta make it happen I mean March. You, you got hopefully March you have one of the coolest voices my thank god you. for rock <laughs> jeez dude thank you I feel Seriously. like I get to be more of myself in the Haxons than I've ever had with really other, yeah because what parts of you come out in the Haxons um, I feel so many times Piggy's like so if he's sitting at a table and he's got his headphones on he's recording he goes I'll do a take and he goes, sits back and he takes off the headphones and he goes wow you you got some Aretha Franklin soul in you yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like no one's ever said that to me no. I've never had that chance to be that because in New Year's Day it's what we call warp Tour World and it's a very yeah. specific type of singing where the stuff I do in the Haxons is doesn't it doesn't match May, I'm gonna be honest I didn't even think I knew how to do those things until Matt Piggy yeah. you know started pushing me more to do it and he's so sweet he doesn't drink but he'd always get like a bottle of whiskey or some wine for me and I'd get all loosey-goosey and try, try and like find my inner Aretha and you know I can't really take all the credits as half Matt 
you know, getting it out of me. But it's so much more. It's, so, it's a lot of fun. It's great. I gotta love, make it happen. Gotta make yeah. it happen. Yeah, yeah really yeah. Yeah. For you, yes. I will be stage level. <laughs> all these guys here. Guess where I'm at. We have so many plans. I mean, with New Year's Day, you know, I'm like, I better see your heads bang on this, you know? Yeah. And uh, we, we both agree, like, there's no head banging, no moshing, no nothing at a Haxton show. We want people, we want to be... I don't know if this is the right thing to say, but we say we want to be the goth icon Tina Turner, but with less, <laughs> hey, why not? less domestic violence. Right, who better? Right, yeah, exactly. So, uh, who better? So we, that's what we want to do, and we want people dancing. We want to encourage the dancing in the aisles, like the old icon Tina, you know, shows. We would watch those things and see people getting up out of their seats and like on the stairs and like wearing Halloween costumes. Everybody, yes, yeah. we we want to encourage dressing up and yeah. coming to the shows and and not just you know like get into it with us and yeah. it's a party. It's we're, we're party monsters get it <laughs> I so love cool. the stuff that you guys first released too it was amazing the um, the Haxaween volume one that has yep. my oh Haxaween yeah dude I gotta show you some videos yeah. I have on my phone of this shit really <laughs> oh my god he's so cr- how does he come up with this so I of course had the same vinyl the Haunted Mansion Disney Haunted Mansion yeah. orange yeah. vinyl he had it too <laughs> Of course. So we bonded over this and he's like, we should make this. I'm like, no one's going to let us do this. Like, let's just do it on our own. I'm like, if you want to, I don't know what the fuck I should do. <laughs> yeah. So we, for a couple days, me and my boyfriend and Matt just found random shit around the house. Like, oh, this sounds like something. So like, um, so that's like, all you guys yeah. making the noise. Uh-huh. So like the leaves crunching is like my hot Cheetos bag. Like, crunching, <laughs> crunching it. And like the boiling cauldron is my boyfriend, like blowing into, uh, <laughs> blowing into like his, uh, I think he had a big gulp or something and then like uh, we found random chains in his house I don't know why like there's a scream with the door shutting that's real because he like slammed a door behind me and it made me scream because it scared me I kid you like like literally crying tears laughing like rolling on the ground in his house like dying over how ridiculous all I'm remembering now when we were doing the werewolf house that's the hardest I think I've ever laughed in my entire life oh so you're the videos you guys recording this thing that's awesome and there I don't know why we had to sing it with Cheap Halloween masks on. <laughs> the masks we bought were too small for our heads, so they're like this, this big, and we just couldn't take it seriously. It's just, like my cheeks hurt, like thinking about it right now. That's so awesome. Yeah, That's great. Cool. That's great. Well, I want to move on to New Year's Day. Okay. As a fan, I can hear the influence of horror coming through your music in terms of it sounding very cinematic to me. Thank you. Now, and I'm not talking just about the use of strings, like on a track like Left Inside, for instance, mm-hmm. but I'm talking more about the peaks and, and valleys mm-hmm. in your songwriting. It's very much like storytelling to me, but like a horror movie, it's very intense. Yeah. Storytelling. I try. That's what I wanted to know. How do you consciously or maybe subconsciously, how does your passion for horror and Halloween infuse itself into the music? Yeah, I'm definitely aiming to do that. I don't feel like I've achieved what I what, what I set out to do. So it's nice when people notice it. Cause I, and I always listen back and I'm like, we should have taken it further. We should have gone further. And I think as New Year's Day has grown through the years, I'm worried we're leaving it too far behind so on the next record I want to really focus on it more but say like our first album Victim to Villain Mm -hmm. 
was very theatrical for for me. And there's songs like um, we used to call ourselves Haunted Mansion Core. We were very influenced by the Haunted Mansion. So you have songs like um, Last Great Love Story, which is I wrote it with the idea of the bride in the attic in mind. Oh, cool! Yeah, no one ever knows that. <laughs> but when I get to talk about it, it's it's fun because that was the inspiration. So in the course, you know, you have Here Comes the Bride, all dressed in crimson and white. And unless you're a Haunted Mansion fan, you, I don't think you'd pick up the reference. And it's about you know being the last great love story, and you want you want to be the last, so you have to murder you have to murder the guy. You know, you got to go. How else do you become the last great love story? And um, just things like that. But Let's Get Dead was the one that got us the name Haunted Mansion Core. Yeah, because you know it was just very Haunted Mansion. Oh, it sounds like Danny Elfman's another member of the band. Yeah, it does. But it's a pop song. But it sounds like it was orchestrated, but it's not there's like not that there's a big orchestra, but the guitar lines mm-hmm. are very orchestrated. And we, we use a program called Automosphere and we're always going through it to try and like specifically find Danny Elfman's yeah. style sounds. And well, I think I think that's the program Danny Elfman actually uses and we got like a bootleg like awesome. downloadable <laughs> awesome. copy of it. So, so I forget you, it's been a while. You would say that Disneyland is is definitely an inspiration for yeah. the for free music. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it is as much today. Right. But I would like it still to be. What is it about Disneyland that takes your brain to... I don't know. What is it about it? I grew up at Disneyland. Yeah. You know, I grew up where, where I lived in Anaheim until just this month when I moved, I could open my front door and throw a rock at Disneyland. Like, I'm like <laughs> right there. So, um, I've had passes my whole life. My mom worked there. My grandma worked there a little bit doing like restoration of broken artwork. So, I remember seeing like um, a small world character in her garage. She was like fixing a finger on it. So, we were always there. And then my two uncles who were uh, my grandma's two sons who were probably in their teens and 20s when I was a kid were dancing in the parades. So, she'd always take me like when she was babysitting me, let's go to Disneyland and we'll watch your uncles dance. And then in high school, I started working there as a dancer in the parades and I've just been a part of my it's always been a part of there it's huh. been a part of my life it just is it's like family but even as a little kid I always liked the Haunted Mansion in New Orleans Square the best you always did I don't know why maybe I lived a past life in Louisiana I don't know I have like a, just a strong affinity for it there's really it's like it's like asking you why you love him like you just say I just I just do there's no I just it's in me you know it's just there. Yeah. We got engaged in the Haunted Mansion. No. Yeah. Tell me all about it. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? <laughs> you know, in case my boyfriend's listening. <laughs> Hints. Right. Yeah. We got engaged in a doom buggy. No. I love so cool. The doom buggy in oh, the so attic cute. scene with the bride. Oh, my God. It was so Get out cool. of town. <laughs> that is. That's really cool. It was amazing. That's really, really, really cool. It was cool. my favorite day. Oh, my God. She was the first person to take me to Disneyland. I moved here from Canada. I'd never been when I was a kid. It was something I look at unattainable. You, now. you live in the Haunted Mansion. And now, yeah. <laughs> I felt like literally I became obsessed with it after our first visit. And what it there's something about Disneyland that, I mean, it's not like it was built 10 years ago. Yeah. It was built in like the 50s. 1955. You know? And the fact that I could go on Pirates of the Caribbean or Haunted Mansion and have a difficult time explaining what those rides are like to someone who's never been. Yeah. Made me fall in love with it. I can definitely relate to that. There's you know? a million reasons. And yeah. that's just one of them. And I don't know what it is. I think also when you enter the gates, you mm. really lose all sense of the outside world. So it's for me a really therapeutic, stress-free yeah. place. Totally does. Yeah. yeah. So it's 
transporting. Definitely. For some people, it's really <laughs> stressful. When I'm on tour, I meet a lot of people, and Disneyland always comes up, and they go, oh, I fucking, I hate Disneyland, I hate crowds. I'm like, okay, so I can understand why it might be high stress for some people mm-hmm. who maybe don't understand the layout, don't know where they're going, don't know the best traffic route for that time you of day. You do have to have a, a plan, right? <laughs> yes. I know the high traffic areas of what times of the day based on the shows of that season. I know where, you know, all the secret. you just know because you grew up going there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I can understand for a lot of people it's a very stressful place but for me it's like all my worries go away for the time being so i you know love it there plus it's the same as when you're a kid yeah. You go there, I still gonna be a kid. Is there one thing that you just love to eat there? Because I just yes. love beignets. Well, it changes. <laughs> okay. It changes so all the time. Do you, do you go through phases? Yes, I okay. do. Like, I discover new things. Like, well, this year at California Adventure, they had that... I don't know if you've been this season, but they had like a holiday, like you get a pass and they had all these little booths. Oh, I, I haven't gone once this try. Christmas season. Aww. I know, that's really... Shame, but you could try all these really neat different things. Like it was like savory or sweet, dude. And I know where you're talking about because I went to like a beer festival, oh, there, okay. like beer and okay. wine. Yeah. So they're all the yeah. little vendors along yeah. the walkway. Yeah, that was one of the funnest days I ever had at Disneyland. Was all the vendors? Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Right. But I, I love the beignets. They had candy cane beignets for Christmas. But they had different flavored beignets. Yes, they change it. Gingerbread. <laughs> I've had um, gingerbread pumpkin. Beignets. Oh, stop. Pumpkin Halloween. Oh. <laughs> it hurts my heart. Pumpkin, yeah. Oh, so my good. gosh. So what, so what are a few of your favorite things For a while, there? it was a turkey leg. Yes. And I have a turkey leg every time. <laughs> Amazing. You know, even though there's a lot of, there's a lot of, what's the word you would say? A lot of talk online about whether it's a turkey. Right. Oh, yeah. Does yeah. anyone know? I've heard Somebody about it. Pastrami, right? Somebody heard No, right. they said it was emu. some weird bird, right? Emu. Like, like emu? Emu? Oh. I don't know what an, I don't know what emu. emu is. Oh, no. I don't know if that's true, though. <laughs> I, think it, I think that makes I sense. Know. You think it is? Yeah, why not? <laughs> I I, I've never seen a turkey that big. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. <laughs> it's very pink. It's probably a Disneyland yeah. turkey farm. Yeah. <laughs> so the, uh, so how, the, how sad sounding, right? Where the turkey's just going to die. So the pink turkey leg, what else? Um, for while I always had to get a Mickey shaped pretzel with cheese and then mm. for a while it was the cinnamon roll and then every time I went I had to get a snickerdoodle cookie you know it changes there's like phases yeah. and um, the last thing was Cajun fries from that little shack that's by where they keep the pirate ship docked oh yeah, yeah. those were really good I like yeah. the barbecue place the Bengal oh, barbecue oh, place dude <laughs> you know what it's they so stepped good. up their game right <laughs> yeah <laughs> so dude good. Disneyland food now is not like it was when I was a kid everywhere <laughs> oh. had burgers and fries and that was it. Yeah, you're right. Okay, it was the burger you... stuff in the uh, aluminum foil packet. Yes. Right? It was just... Or a hot dog. Like, but now right. there's like... It's so good. It's really good. Go Disneyland. Yep. Have oh, you yeah. got, uh, <laughs> they've got all what I like to call the Instagram food. You know, food yes. that people want to yes. post about. And yeah. I haven't tried the... What's the Beauty and the Beast tavern called? Where's that at? I think... Maybe it's where Pinocchio's food place used to be yes. or is next to it. Oh, okay. Yes. But yes. I've only seen I've it on Instagram. There. I haven't been. It was good. It was, it was good. good. Have you Did been you try to... the gray stuff? Was it delicious? <laughs> <laughs> I had to. I'm sorry. Have you been to Club 33? Once. You want to hear that story? Yes. Hell yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes. It was before I had the half hair, but I was still in New Year's Day and there was a super fan and his girlfriend said, I really want to surprise my, I can't remember if it was a boyfriend or fiance. 
um, with you being at the table. And I was like, okay, so I have to eat with strangers and I can't enjoy this with anyone that I know. And, but it's um, Club 33, so it's like impossible to go. So I said yes, go. of course. I was like, uh, yes, I will go. So I got, I, I did get to go. I wish I could have gone with like, you know, my mom or a best friend. Like somebody could have been like, oh my God, I remember that time. So I only get to live that memory alone by myself. But I did get to go, but it was before they, it was obviously a long time ago. So mm-hmm. I, I haven't seen it since they renovated it. I would like to go. Yeah. I want to go so bad. Me too. If anyone's listening. But that's the class. Like I, I don't, I haven't been there before after the restoration, but my understanding is it was exactly as Walt had built it until they restored it. Oh yeah. So, so that's you, the last gas. So we saw you, the good one. Yeah. So you saw the good mm-hmm. one. Okay. Yeah. We saw the good one. Okay. I feel less sad about not having gone for a very long time, <laughs> <laughs> man. And it was a little awkward, you know, cause I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't imagine. know. I didn't, I didn't know them at all. Yeah. You know, I'm a friendly person. So, you know, it was fine. But after a while I was like, I want to stay here really bad, but I should probably go now. And, uh, it was still neat, though. <laughs> I still got the Instagram photo that That's I wanted. That's awesome. That's yeah. cool. And I bought, I bought everything that while I was there. I was like, I'll take the Club 33 here, <laughs> the pen, the lapel pen, the pen, everything I could get. But now they've got a Club 33 Dunienberg purse. I saw that. I saw that. Oh, my gosh. I, I need that. Me, too. We I both get one? need to get one. <laughs> one Christmas, I got her all the Haunted Mansion Dunienbergs. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Gotta have I, those. Oh, my gosh. I just got a purse that for Christmas he got me that has all the Disneyland dogs. Oh, that's And so it's cool. really cute. But that's I love... Awesome. Yeah, I love the Dooney and Birds. I, I need the Club 33. Because I'm that asshole that wears the Club 33 ears when I go to Disneyland. <laughs> I'm such a douche. I don't care. Hey, be, be proud. Be proud. I proud. wear the pin and the hat. That's hey, like, you worked oh. for that Club 33 experience. I did. I earned that right. <laughs> you wear that. I that hat. And I'm so protective of it. And I'm like, we moved. I was like, Oh, where's the hat? What box are you putting the hat in? So, uh, yeah, it's pretty good. Gotta get the hat. <laughs> New music from New Year's Day. The EP's on the way. Yeah. Right? What's Super the deal with the EP? It's all that. cover songs. Well, we just signed with new management. Well, actually, you know, New Year's Day for the longest time was DIY. Our manager was our producer who was also, also one of my best friends. So he wasn't like a, a manager from a big company or who had other bands where you could network within itself. Um, we were kind of on our own floating in this musical abyss. And last year we got approached and only just signed them a couple months ago as a company called Indigoot. And they have it in this moment, Hailstorm, Shinedown, you know, a lot of really bands that are doing it. They're doing it. And um, they like to do EPs in between album cycles to hold people over. And so they suggested this idea to me, which I'd never even considered before. They said, well, why don't you do covers? Like, you don't have to threaten me with a good time. That sounds awesome. (laughs) But the hard part was trying to pick, you know, how do you pick your five favorite songs of all time? They're like, well, you're picking too many 90s songs. Like, that's all I like. You know, so it's hard to like narrow it down and like try and get all the eras. So I feel like what we came up with is a really good representation of who I am. That's not too obvious because we've covered a Mike Ken song. We've covered a Depeche Mode song. We've covered a Marilyn Manson song. We've done a Rob Zombie song. I didn't want to do the obvious. So, you know, my first choice that I really petitioned for and everyone's like, I don't think you can do it. I'm like, well, now I'm going to do it more. 
<laughs> was uh, Pantera's fucking hostile. So. Oh, nice. And I'm really uh, proud of it. That's exciting. Yeah, we play it live. We've already been playing it for a while, you know, the past two tours. And man, is that a crowd pleaser. <laughs> that's cool. If someone didn't like us at, at the start of the set, they fucking love us by the time we get to fucking hostile. It's over. Because um, people were worried I was going to be able to pull it off because it's, you know, a pretty intense song vocally for a girl was what I was told. So I was oh, like, please. well, now uh, I'm definitely doing yeah. it. Yeah. So I'm really, yeah, I'm really proud of it. It came out great. And um, cool. then we did, you know, I had to do Anaheim representation. So I did No Doubt. I did Don't Speak. Shirley Manson as a hero. So we did Garbage. We did Only Happy awesome. When It Rains, which nice. has Lizzie Hale featuring on it, who totally came in and just blew me oh, out of the cool. water. Wow. She's amazing. Her voice is like, is she like an alien? Maybe? <laughs> it's like not, we tour with them and every night she's like flawless. That's like a voice forged by the gods. Well, especially if you can wow. keep it up like that too, oh, yeah. right? I mean, she had a strep throat one night. I heard her talking backstage. I'm like, oh my, what are you, how are you going to sing? She nailed it. And wow. then she comes off stage. She goes, I'm sorry. I sound like shit. I mean, you, you guys, did. she's so nice. She's like, I, I represent. I'm like, what are you fucking talking about? <laughs> you sounded, you had strep throat and you still sound a million times better than anyone I've ever heard. So we did that. And then what's the other one? Oh, I felt really, really strong, even though I was afraid some people might say that we were jumping on a bandwagon, which is kind of fucked up about um, doing any Linkin Park song. I really, really, really wanted to do a Linkin Park song. So we did Crawling. I just felt the need to do it. You know, I just wanted to do it for Chester. And I was just saying a couple days ago, I'm like, man, I miss Chester. Like, I never knew him personally, but just knowing he was there performing and I don't know, it's just that sucks. So it made me feel good to do that song. When is this going to be out? Um, I think, I don't know the date off the top of my head. I feel like this week I just have so many dates in my head. Sure. Um, sometime this month. Cool. Like the end of this month, I think. It's coming out while we're on tour. Right, I wasn't going to ask if you're yeah. going to have it on tour. So hopefully this music video happens before I leave yeah. for tour. <laughs> like, I, I'm really hands-on with music videos and this is the first time where I was like, I really wish I wasn't because <sighs> I don't want this to be my responsibility. It's all falling apart You know right what you now. should do? You should go um, film it at Reign of Terror. Where's Is that something that's up your round? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Where's Reign of Terror? Reign of Terror is amazing. It's a haunt in Thousand wait, Oaks. Wait, wait, wait. It has a million rooms, right? Yes. 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 People were telling me to go see it and I unfortunately ran out of time. It's but amazing. I've heard a lot about it. Do they have any like voodoo type rooms? Uh, yeah. That's the theme uh, of the music video is voodoo. Uh, there's a lot of caves and mist and stuff like that. There's probably a good fit in there. But yeah, the great thing is it's on top of a gold gym. I think it's like 23,000 square feet. Well, I mean, it's not open all year round, but they have permanent access How to it. How can I get in touch with them, do you think? I think it's pretty easy through the website, literally. All they right, have a that's Facebook. what I'm doing tonight. Yeah, seriously. And they're uh, super nice. Yes. That's what I've heard. They've I've been heard doing it since. Awesome it's things. It's like started with a family doing it in 1985. What, why is it so amazing? What Can you tell me a little bit about it? First of all, I like the fact that it's, I think, up since is it's it really, up all really year, long, they right? can work on it constantly oh, okay. and improve it and test. And they're also masters at line control. Oh, so they'll hold the line. They'll yeah. literally hold the line so that when you go in your little group, you don't see anybody in front of you. You don't see anybody behind you. How did they get They're, away with that without getting people pissed off for waiting so long? There, it's. And I think at some point when it gets so bottled up, they stop it again and kind of entertain you with some stuff oh, while yeah. you're in the line, That's and cool. then you don't realize like, oh hey, it's line control, and then yeah, they'll literally bring actors in and stop your group, and then they'll do a, a scene or oh, something, and then you're smart. like. 
by that point, the other group's gone, and then they let you go. It's amazing, I and bombed. and just that there's so many actors in it too, and yeah. it's 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 amazing. How long do you think it took you to go through it? Probably like what, forty minutes, maybe. Oh, that's the perfect yeah, like time. That. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yes, forty minute maze. It's perfect. And yes. they also do it like around Valentine's Day. Yeah, they'll oh open much. sporadically. They've done it at Valentine's oh, Day, and that's so yeah, we'll rad. It's, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll if you guys birthday. go, call me. Yeah, yeah, but seriously, go. it could be a good <laughs> alternative to yeah, a to they, a video. They shoot. have it like caves. You said in Mist. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's really, oh, really man, cool. Because we had the coolest voodoo set. I know. Before. I know that voodoo set. They yeah, go. Well, can't you just take stuff from your house? I'm like, I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just put it out. I don't want to pack it back up. So, with your last album, Malevolence, which is it's a masterpiece. Thank you. It really is. Yes. Thank you. Oh, you guys. There's a, there's a, there's, Thank you. I mean, it was made, when you hear about how it's made, it's kind of made under a lot of pressure. You did it in like 31 days in between yeah. touring. Yeah. That's insane. And yeah. this Not time my favorite around. Way to make right, exactly. <laughs> but what you came up with that time was, was incredible. How was it different this time around on this new full length you're working on? Well, the schedule, was that 2015? Uh, two mm-hmm. years ago? Mm-hmm. Um, the schedule I was on was just out of control because like I said I want I'm a workaholic I want to do it all I want to do everything I can that can help push New Year's Day and so I had 30 days between coming home from the previous tour and leaving for Warp Tour and then we didn't finish the record so I had to fly home on days off of Warp Tour do a song fly back meet up Warp Tour fly home which is just it turns out a really shitty exhausting way to try and make a record when you make a record you normally do six months of songwriting preparation with various songwriters and pick and choose parts of songs you like or scrap whole songs i was so busy i didn't get to prepare any songwriting so we got into the studio and they're like well you just have to go with the first 12 songs you write wow. not good that's not good for any sort of art form at all so there's some parts of malevolence i'm so proud of and just i'm in love with it i think it's some of the, my best work and then there's half of it where i'm like I was so rushed. You know, I could have done so much better. Had there been more time, it would not have made the record. So with this new management now and all of our new team put into place, they understand that. They understand that artists needs time. So there is no timeline for the next record. There is no timeline. I get to write with whoever I want. I get to take the time. I don't have to just jump to a song that's written just because, hi, the clock's ticking. So um, Malevolence is my favorite song. That I've ever written. Yeah, I love I love it. I think it's a really bizarre song, but <laughs> and it was actually the last one that we did. It was the most rushed. We did it in one day. And I'm uh-huh. I'm really I that's uh, a good example of, you know, the pressure working. You know, it worked. I think it's one of the most like honest songs I've ever written too. Cause I had just gone through a breakup like on warp tour, and then I had to fly home, sit on a plane, dwell about it. Wow, so it's <laughs> and, then, wow. and then I, you know, writing lyrics on a plane and then coming back and just being like, I gotta see you. I'm like, okay, let's fucking do this. Like, <laughs> you can just hear that I'm so pissed off. And it's my favorite song to play live. I think it's the best New Year's Day song. I'm still so in love with it. Then there's some songs I don't even remember on the record. <laughs> like, I don't even remember when they happened. Wow. So, um, yeah, I'm really excited. I'm getting to write with some pretty exciting people, like I mentioned before the podcast started, because I'm such a huge My Chemical Romance fan. You don't understand, you guys. You don't understand. <laughs> I was watching TRL, My Chemical Romance, on MTV, just idolizing the fuck out of Gerard Way. Like, he was my hero. I didn't have a crush on him. You know, I didn't. I never got that with any musician really but I wanted to be him I wanted to be him so bad and I did totally dressed like him like the red eyeshadow the fingerless gloves I had a, like a red tie even so stupid it doesn't make any sense so when our new management who's this huge management team they it turns out they can like 
make things happen that you want. So they go, well, we know you like my chemical romance. Would you want to write with Gerard and Ray in, in his house? I was like, no. <laughs> I said, no, I really don't. Really? No, I don't. I don't want to ever meet them. I didn't want the pressure of it. I just was I like, can get, no. I can understand that. Absolutely no. Wow. But I, they said, you really should. And then my boyfriend was like, you really should do this. You know, it's a really big deal for you. So I went and they were so nice. That's they good. So nice. I ended up buying a $300 coffee machine. That's my story. So whatever. <laughs> they're big into coffee and so am I. And they had the coolest drip coffee machine I've ever seen in his house. And it had made the best coffee. I'm like, you have to tell me where this is from. Amazon. <laughs> it's called the mocha master 300 <laughs> and it was worth every dollar let me tell you it was worth nice. it but i couldn't i'm you know i'm not like a rock star so i was like 300 on a coffee machine so i looked at ray and i was like you have to push checkout i can't do it <laughs> so he you know i get to tell that story now is that ray purchased my coffee machine with my money and then um they were i don't know how we got talking in taxidermy and um ray goes you know since we've had my kids, I've got this cool stuff that might freaks out my kids. And I've got this one particular item that no one wants. I don't want to tell you what it is, but I'll bring it for you tomorrow. So it's a two day songwriting session. And he brought me the next day from v- when they toured Vietnam is this glass. I think it's some sort of type of Vietnamese liquor and it has a cobra inside it with another snake in its mouth. No. Yeah, it's so cool. <laughs> so I'm totally that asshole where when people come over, they want the first thing they go to and they come over is my cabinet of dead things and they want to know what everything is, which is why I have it. You know, I love talking about it. Right. So everyone goes, where'd you get that? I've never seen that. I've ne- I've gone to every taxidermy place you can think of among the great United States and I've never seen this. Never. You know, this is a, a good one. It's probably not even legal. I, don't, I, don't, I honestly don't think it is. And maybe that's why he wouldn't sell it. Or so, I don't know. And so um, I, I get to say, oh, Ray Torf, my Coco Romance just gave that to me. It's not no big deal at all. So that's my little prized possession. And nice. and um, there was this moment where I was laying on the ground because I used to handwrite my lyrics still, which people find amazing. They're like, why awesome. would you handwrite lyrics? Because I was born in 1984. That's why. Well, it's part of the art. Yeah, well, it's, people don't do it anymore. That's beautiful, though. They know. I don't know why. No, that's great. Thank you. And, um, but Gerard still does that. So we were both laying on our stomachs, you know, on the ground. And he's laying here next to in the studio. And he's like, yeah, I, I really like that idea. That's cool lyric idea. I'm like, yeah, I like that too. And in my head, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I wish I was cool. Like I wish I was like, oh yeah, it's nothing. But in my mind, I was freaking out. Right in your mind, you're that kid watching TRL. Yes, the whole going time. back to yourself, saying this is going to happen in the future. He's going to amazing. You know, he's going to listen to this podcast somehow, and he's going to know that I'm not cool because <laughs> I didn't say shit about it. I pretended like I had no idea who of course, he was. Of course, I had no idea. You know, he was like, oh, back in the Danger Days uh, era, this is something we did. I was like, oh, Danger Days, that sounds cool. <laughs> And I'm sure he saw right through me. And in my mind, I was like, this is why I never got a My Chemical Romance tattoo for this day. Because that would have given it away. That would have been, yeah. Yeah, I had to like wear like turtleneck and like long sleeves. So, um, and then the second day, he said my name. And, and I rem- it was the second day was the recording day. So I've seen the vocal takes and he was like, wow, your voice is really, really awesome. I hear him talking to the producer because he had someone manning the, the controls. And he goes, yeah, a- Ashley will be able to do that. She'll hit that note just fine. I was like, he said my name. <laughs> <laughs> he said my name. And uh, but what I couldn't grasp was his shoes. <laughs> he was wearing the most daddiest dad shoes. Like slippers? Like Mr. Like, Rogers yes, shoes? Yes, but worse. 
What? I can imagine. I don't know what that looks like. I took a picture. <laughs> I pretended like I was texting. He's, he's he's so cool. He can make anything look. Well, cool, he was I'm wearing sure. that with socks, and I was just like, You're like, whoa. <laughs> and I was just like in my mind, I'm like, he's still so cool. Yeah. Like how? Well, he's cool because he doesn't care, obviously. No, right? like, and his house is just amazing. Uh, I forget the name of the artist, but I guarantee you guys have heard of the artist, okay. Mark. Raiden? Oh, the guy with oh, the big yeah. eye. Is it the big yes. eye? He yeah. does like the weird kid-like. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They they got his former house, and so it's just this gorgeous oh, wow. art artistic compound of of just make believe. It's beautiful. I mean, this is the only other place I've seen that could rival how cool that was. You know, wow, it was well, like really magical. Much. Yeah, <laughs> really magical place, and um, it was just it was just cool. It was a neat experience. Then they go, well, they want you to come back to write another song and this time I put my foot down I said no because I didn't say anything stupid the first time <laughs> <laughs> I just leave it they like us they obviously asked for more and then and then they told us you know they really don't they're very particular about who they songwrite with because they don't want fans coming in people who are like you know so the fact that they wanted us a second time they're like you really need to go and I I will not it's not happening <laughs> no I'm good it's a genius move really it is I don't know, is it, is it or am I just move. a scaredy cat no, I, I don't it. know I the one and done. You know, I, feel, yeah, I, feel like I made I made a pleasant impression, You're right? And I don't need to wear it exactly. out. I'm fine with it. Yeah. Clothing line. Oh yeah. Right. I know there was a lawsuit. Yeah. I know this stuff. We I can probably talk can't. about a little. I can tell you what happened. Okay. The good news. All right. There's good news. Do you get to keep that royalty? I do. That's awesome. It's official. Nice. It's being transferred into my name. That's great. Congratulations. Thank you. I mean, not like you know it. Congratulations. No, this is a huge congratulations because pe- when people found out, like friends that also did clothing, um, like I have two really good friends that own a company called Blackcraft, and they were telling me their horror stories that people don't know about in the beginning of lawsuits and copyrights and and stuff that they went through that they lost. And so it is the fact that I won is a huge like we can say congratulations about that because it yeah. is it was a lot of hard work. It was a lot of stress. I had to like really go to my happy place because I was losing sleep at night over it for a long like months. Of course. And and uh, really bugging me, uh, you know, and I, I don't think they thought I was going to take it as far as I took it because it was expensive to do. Yeah. And I was determined and I was surrounded by good people that were in it for the cause and not for the money they could make off of me. Right. And I think that's part of why we won. That's amazing. Yeah. And I mean, that clothing line did insanely well when it came out. I mean, stuff was flying off the shelves in Hot Topic. They couldn't keep those bad shoes in stock. I I mean, I felt like to me, because I'd never had a hit song on the radio. So it felt to me like this must be what getting a number one song must feel like. Like, I felt like I had the number one shoe. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You did. You still do. Good. Uh And so um, the fact that it went so sour was, and I can't talk about why that was part of the agreement that in the settlement. Sure. But I can, what I can say is that I'm really proud of myself that I didn't back down. I really wanted to do it to be an example to, cause you know, I have kids that look up to me Yeah, and I, I didn't want to just lose. I didn't want to just be like, well, this is hard and scary. So I'm going to just do something else. Right. Right. So, uh, I filed a lawsuit a year ago here and we had a mediation day which is I I didn't know what that was until it happened which is before you go to court you try and settle with a mediator someone who's been a judge for a long time and retired and now just goes back and forth from their room to our room trying to get us to agree on some sort of terms so uh officially about royalty is being transferred into my name amazing I I am already starting to uh rebuild it 
Yeah, that's awesome. awesome. And then this, so awesome. this, yeah. Yeah. this collaboration Sorry. with Black Craft Cult, where you got that cool witch hat that you're selling. Yeah, it's amazing. Thanks. I'm glad you like it. Yeah, Thank is that you. just something that you're doing kind of as a one-off with your friends? Well, um, I have to partner with a company that can help me manufacture all my crazy ideas because I don't know how to make a shoe. I don't know. <laughs> I know what I like. That's what why I design. I know what I think is cool and what I wish existed in the world that doesn't. And so I have to tell someone who is knowledgeable on well, you can't. You use this shoe material because there's lead in it and Hot Topic won't buy like all these crazy yeah. things that I had no idea about. So I need someone on the professional side. And so um, Jim and Bobby, the owners of Blackcraft, who you should totally have on your podcast, they're the most incredible people. People see Blackcraft and they, I see a lot of the hate that, that they get on their page. They think it's like Satanism or Satanist or anti-Christianity or whatever. And it's not about that at all. They're just two incredible people that want to make a difference and they found the right outlet. And the amount of money they donate to charities is just insane. I think they just, to the victims of the LA fire, something like $14,000 recently. Yeah. And they, every time there's some sort of disaster, but they do it all the time and they're just really great. So uh, I've known them forever. We were doing just like Ash Costello shirts and they go, why aren't you doing clothing with us? And I was like, I don't know. I never thought about it. Why do you tell me? And like, well, let's do like one or two items at first and see how it goes. And so we did the hat and now we're going to do bat royalty like fully together. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, I'm excited. Now, I want to say that it's quite obvious that you're a very empathetic person. Yes. And you care a lot about people mm-hmm. and your fans. And that's no secret at all. You want people to be moved and touched by your shows. You want to inspire people. Mm-hmm. You're always open and interacting with all your fans on social media. You're making fans inclusive as an important part of your day on social media. And you've taken it even a step further by being a part of the uh, musicians opposed to bullying. You teach private vocal classes. You've done seminars. Yeah. Can you talk about why that's important to you? Because it's not important unfortunately to a lot of people in your position i find i don't see how it could not what's the correct grammar on this how could it not not be important right right no i agree a while back i got dropped from i've been dropped from a few record labels in my time and uh, I got I got dropped for two years and shelved, and they took the name New Year's Day from the years 2007 to 2009. New Year's Day didn't do anything. And this was a very important part of shaping who I decided to be as a, not just a musician that makes music, but there's something that comes along with that, and it's a responsibility to be a good example. And I remember thinking, maybe I should just go back to college, and maybe music's not for me. And I had this awakening of, um, still getting a messages from kids saying, well, when's New Year's Day coming back? You really inspired me. And I thought, I have to be an example. Like, if I just quit, what the fuck kind of example is that? Like, what what am I saying, you know, by doing that? I'll, I will literally be remembered forever by these kids as a quitter. Who would want that? So they inspired me to get up. And that was another lawsuit I fought and won. I don't know how many lawsuits I've had and know I've a lot in this business. Fashion and music business is very mean business. So it was really the fans that inspired me to get off my butt and fight it. So I don't know. It just kind of planted the seed of wanting to be a good example in return, I guess. Right. Yeah. Right. I don't know. But that was my favorite part of Warped Tour. My favorite part of the day was teaching the kids. I know that sounds like a total pageant answer. Like I'm supposed to say that, but it really was. It was weird too, but it was cool. Well, I'm a lot sure of criers. Get, a lot of what? Criers. Oh, wow. <laughs> I have a, lot, a lot of crying. A lot of criers in my class. 
it turns, in, it turns into like a therapy. Yeah, I would imagine. I talk a lot about having self-confidence and self-esteem yeah. and overcoming a lot of things. And I like so sympathize with these kids because we didn't have. Yeah, that's the thing. There's not a lot of people talking to to anybody about that stuff, especially nowadays when you need that more than ever before with yeah. social media. So it is very rare imagine. what you what you were doing. Could you imagine being a teenager? I, I, I mean, we have four kids and with I, social media, I'm scared of when they start using it. Do you watch the show Black Mirror? No. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't, yeah. don't watch it. <laughs> Sorry. Dude, that makes me so scared to have kids. Oh, yeah. Have you seen any of the new season? Oh, yeah. Did you watch the one with the censoring tablet? Yeah. Oh, I looked at my boyfriend. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get rid of mine before it becomes a teenager because that is really scary. Yep. So scary. Just terrifying. And I, I feel so bad for these kids. I couldn't even imagine the pressure. Like, I'm an adult and I get bullied online just because I'm there. You know, that's just what kids do. And sometimes even I'm like, oh, that was mean, <laughs> you know, because I'm a human being. So yeah. I can't even imagine what a 13 year old who can't process what that is. Right. Like, I, I get why the suicide rate for, for that type of thing is very high. I get why it's hard to understand. And if I can help with that, I really want to. In fact, if music someday takes me to a place where that's all I do, I will be totally okay with that. Good for you. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> 2018 New Year's Day about to take over the world with this EP. A new full length, hopefully out by the end of the I year, right? I hope so, yeah. And then this tour you're about to go on. The Witching Hour Tour. Yeah. It's about time. Yeah. Because we've been t- we've been trying to tour with In This Moment for like years. It's a, But it's another type of Piggy D and Ashley Costello story. Nothing lines up. <laughs> Every time they want us on a tour, we can't. When we're available, they can't. Mm-hmm. So we finally pulled it together because now we're on the same management. So it made it, made it much easier. You know? <laughs> it was a lot easier to kind of uh, figure out and map out. So um, we're doing In This Moment P.O.D., which is awesome. Right? Yeah. Wow. High school me is so dope. <laughs> and um, Dead, who I, I meet a lot of bands. Right. I meet a lot of bands. And I meet a lot of guys in bands, not a lot of girls, as you may have noticed. <laughs> and um, very rarely, I'm not ever like treated bad, I wouldn't say, but I'm, it's very rare when I meet a band that goes out of their way to be very respectful and very friendly. And Dead was that to me. They're, they're, or I don't know what it is. They were just really cool. So it's going to be a good tour. I'm excited. What version of New Year's Day are people about to see on this tour? None they've seen yet. Uh, I'm changing everything. I wanted to make a more of a solid union in New Year's Day. So it's going to be a lot more uniformity than there's ever been. It's going to be really broken down as far as um, what everyone's wearing and what you see on stage. And there's no more talking i'm totally giving away stuff there's no more talking i used to be very personable on stage like i would talk to the crowd like we were friends and i'd right. be like so how are you guys doing you know <laughs> let's all have a good time you up there i see you put your hands up. you know and i <laughs> i realize now as i'm new year's day has come a long way but we're only now just now stepping into a more grown-up professional world of i guess respectable musicians it's more grown-up and so i felt like i can't behave like that anymore on stage you know i have to put my character on and um i'm no more talking it's just gonna be very different but i'm excited it's gonna be more of a show but with less i don't know how to make that make sense you'll just have to see it 
That's awesome. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Everyone might, everyone might hate it. Uh, I can't wait. Can you stop it? <laughs> so, um, Two bands got to see now. Yeah, I just wanted to, I wanted to just do something different. And we've always been so like, we, we call ourselves like ex-cast members of The Walking Dead, like coming up on stage. You know, that's how we look all the time. And it's right. literally, I just did another podcast where the guy was like, how does it feel to be a makeup band? Is it? I'm like, you no, no, no. We're not a makeup band. You don't understand. We're not. They don't put that makeup on for show. They look like that right. all the time. <laughs> I wanted to tone the makeup down, and they won't. And they, they and he goes, well, is it hard to put it on every day? I'm like, I don't know. They just sleep in it. <laughs> I don't know. So uh, it's it was, it was some growing pains and trying to get them to, to figure out. I remember I was like, okay, we're going to do less makeup. They're like, well, what do you mean? I'm like. What I mean is less makeup. Buy <laughs> less makeup. I'm like, well, we don't, we don't get it. And I was like, what don't you get? And so I had to like find photos online and show them like, this is what I mean. And, you know, kind of like help walk Face them with no it. makeup? Makeup. Yeah, they, 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 uh, they just couldn't wrap their heads around it. So it's always been, there's been a lot of band members in New Year's Day throughout the year. So it's always been just me doing the songwriting and doing the visuals and, and stuff. And this is just, I can't explain it. I can't explain any of my past choices. I can't explain why this feels right it just is where i went it's just what felt right then it's got to be right that's what it's so far it's been okay so far it's been all right uh, all right crew any more questions for ash i don't want it to end it's okay. <laughs> i don't want it to end us neither <laughs> i don't even know what time it is i have like no sense of time in this room well i think i said probably about 20 minutes and we're at about two hours no, <laughs> are you serious yeah oh my god no it's good i mean it's great it's great that's a sign of a, yeah a good time i think i told my boyfriend 30 minutes too, that's funny. Like, he's probably, what did they do? What yeah. did they do to her? He's, so, he's probably on his way over here so to kick her ass. Right. Over me, like when I pulled up, he goes, "Give me the address." I'm like, oh that's my funny. god, it's he's funny. probably out there right now. I actually wouldn't be that surprised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. seriously. <laughs> I wish you could have met him. He's like looks really scary, but he's like he's so charming. You guys would have just fallen in love. That's Maybe awesome. another time. Sure, yeah, definitely. Well, Ash, thank you so much. Seriously, thank you guys. It's been a so pleasure. Much. Thank, thank you. you. Awesome. Thank you. I'm so Let's all join hands around the seance table for real-life ghost stories, haunted locations, and events. We tear back the veil on True Paranormal. Joining us for the first time as of yet is Boo Crew member Morgan. Yay! Hello! <laughs> so Morgan's part of our crew, and whenever we go and see horror movies together, she's with us and haunts and all that good stuff, and we spend time talking about it after we go and see it. I guess the first question to introduce Morgan to everybody, and it was a question that we all asked on the very first episode of the Boo Crew podcast, what was the first thing that you remember seeing or experiencing that got you in? to horror. How can I say this? The first thing I would say is that there is paranormal activity at my home that I was raised in. It's a Victorian home. It's one of the oldest houses in the San Fernando Valley, built in 1925. And that's kind of, which I'll go through these experiences, but that's kind of what jump-started my interest. I was kind of scared slash very fascinated with this activity. Even though my mom would never let me watch MTV, she actually would let me watch horror movies. Movies. 
Wow. Oh, interesting. Yes. So I remember the first horror movie that I watched was Christine, the one with the car nice. yeah. that was basically alive and killing people. It's just escalated from that point in time. I love horror movies. I go with you guys to see them. I love the interactive horror plays. Halloween's my favorite holiday. You would definitely equate your interest in horror, though. You'd pair it up with growing up in this amazing house. Yes, that right. you've seen. Yes. 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 It is, yes seriously, it's, it's beautiful. It originally was a plantation style land or housing situation. So it was my mother's home. And then we have a neighbor that's behind us. That home and land was attached to our home and land. And then um, across the way is actually a smaller home with a very large orange grove. And all of that was one property right. at one point in 1925. Wow. And since that point in time, the three parts separated. But my mom's home is the only authentic one left, meaning it's not yet historically preserved, but it's the only authentic Victorian home out of the three, meaning that it hasn't been like gutted. Gutted, exactly. Right. There has been moderate modifications to it. It's a pretty big property. Like yeah. that one property is pretty big. How, how would you say, how many square feet maybe the main house? Because there's a couple houses in the property, right? Is there yeah. two guest houses and then the main house? There's two guest houses and the main house. There's a garage. There's a pool house, a gardening shed, a clubhouse with a slide and a swing. Would you say the main house is what, like, I don't know. It's 5,000 square feet, maybe. It's, about, it's almost 6,000. Yeah, it's yep. huge. It's huge. <laughs> Tell us a bit about stuff you experienced at that house. I will say first that my mom's house doesn't have any evil entities in it. I'm, I never got any sense of that. Just different spirits within the home. I can't remember how old I was. I think I was in high school at this time and I had gotten home. I had my own car and I got home about 11 p.m. and I pulled into the garage and my mom always forgot to leave the lights on for me outside so it was pitch black. Oh, so nice. the, <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so the only light I had was from me opening the garage and near the little light that goes on in the garage and I thought I saw a shadow to my right side through the doorway that you walk through to get to the brick walkway that takes you to the main house but I didn't think anything of it at that time so I got out of the car and I walked towards the walkway through that doorway I turn and I look to my right um, down the walkway underneath this arch and I see this tall figure about your height Trevor Six very, four. very slender all black and it's just walking towards this arch and the arms aren't moving which naturally when we walk our arms move yeah and i just thought to myself because we have a caretaker at our property that it was him so i wasn't scared initially i was like he's just out i walked by it i saw it i walked into my house i told my mom about it the caretaker of our of our property that also lives on our property goes to bed at 10 p.m every night even when he has free time and he's not working on the weekends he will go to bed at 10 o'clock every night. It didn't click to me that this was a spirit until I got in the house because I started kind of putting the pieces together. Um, the spirit that I saw was about your height, Trevor. And our the caretaker of our property is about 5'11", maybe. And he's not slender. 
And if he was walking down that walkway, he would have said, hi, Miss Morgan, I'm here. He would have let me know that because it's dark and it's yeah. late at night that he was there. So then I realized it can't be Salvador. So then I talked to him the next day and he said that that was not him. And he went to bed at 10 o'clock. I asked him whether he had anybody come to the house as like a guest or they were maybe leaving. And he said, no, no one. He wow. didn't have any guests or anything like that. Wow. So, and it was so vivid. I knew it was real. There was no other way that I could have been imagining it or anything else. But that was the first visual at that point was it just you know bumps in the night and strange sounds and things like that is that how it would happen exactly so i used to sleep on the opposite side of the house that my mom would sleep when i was young so if something was happening unless i was screaming extremely loud she probably couldn't hear what was going on um and i slept in the downstairs bedroom and for some reason that bedroom out of all the bedrooms had the most activity and i would wake up frequently at night and i would feel this hot breath in my right ear it was always my right ear that i was getting this it was when i was really young i would just kind of blow it off like oh i'm scared i'm just gonna put the covers over my head and hope that this is not really happening right now but it kept happening after that i remember there was a my bathroom's connected to my bedroom and I was taking a shower at night and I distinctly felt the shower water stop pouring on me and I heard this Stephanie whispering wow. in my right ear like it was clear as day there was no water running it was just right there and then all of a sudden the water started pounding on me again and I was terrified wow. like <laughs> terrified I was That's like creepy. who is Stephanie <laughs> what is going on I'm here by myself my That's mom can't hear me she's all the way on the other side of the house that's a jealous ghost exactly I, yeah and what was it trying to say or who's stephanie so do you I, think it's a wrong number maybe i don't know i was just we didn't have my mom's name is not stephanie so i don't know why this would be a stephanie so what i did next was i i towel dried myself and then i kind of opened the shower door which was light in the bathroom but then around the corner it's pitch black because i didn't have those lights on and I just slowly, like a young girl, scared as all get out, like looked around the corner like, hello, is anyone there? And there was no one there. And I do have a friend, Stephanie. We've been friends ever since we were young kids. So I called her and I said, is everything okay? I had this weird experience. She said, yeah, no, everything's fine. I was like, okay, maybe this didn't happen. I don't know. But it was so real. Again, so real. <laughs> Have you ever gone back and tried to investigate a bit more of the detailed history of the house to see who the previous owners were or if there was any sort of, you know, could you find someone named Stephanie attached to the property at some point, maybe? I mean, that would be fascinating if, if there Yeah, was. you know, that's probably a really good idea and I should do that. I would I would be definitely interested in doing that. I haven't done that yet. Yeah, find out if anybody died in your house. Well, I mean, see, the thing is, a house that old, I mean, someone had to have died in that, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So any other visual or auditory stuff that you experienced since? Have you experienced anything really recently? My mom used to experience in her bedroom, she'd experience this like three knocks at night when she'd be sleeping and then it would stop. And then it'd be three knocks again, stop, and then three knocks again and stop. And my mom would be like, she would, she's so funny because she's very animated. She'd be like, hello, is anyone there? Hello. (laughs) And then, (laughs) and then she'd like get out of bed, turn around the corner. She'd go downstairs to the basement. There was no one. 
Huh. So but why? she said, honey, I swear to God, it's three knocks every night. Why and three? Why not four? Why not two? I don't know. I don't know. But again, I know that the three is associated with potentially what you said, Leo, which is maybe evil. But I never have ever, ever felt unsafe in that house. And I've never felt anything that's evil. Have you ever had like a, I don't know, a shaman or a good witch or a priest come over to check out your house? I actually haven't. But I do have a friend that's psychic that came to my mom's house years ago. And she said there's five spirits that are in my home. Five. And what's interesting is, is that I didn't even tell her about this, but because I had so much activity in my downstairs bedroom when I was a young girl, I ended up just moving upstairs and that became my bedroom, hoping that they would kind of slow down. So I have a cat that I've had for 21 years. Her name's Snoopy. She's awesome. Consecutively, I would wake up in kind of a <gasps> at 3 a.m. on the dot and Snoopy would be at the edge of my bed looking out my bedroom doorway and out my bedroom doorway is a little uh, wood area that goes, the, there's wooden stairs that go down, but to the left, there's this very large um, window that goes to the outside. So she would be at the edge of the bed looking like she's looking at something at 3 a.m. and I literally would give her kisses. I would put my hands in front of her face. She would not even flinch. She wouldn't get distracted. She was just completely focused on whatever was there at 3 a.m. and I was like, oh crap. So I would just like pull the blankets over my head and be like, this is still happening. <laughs> um, well, 3 a.m. 3 a.m. What does she see? What does she see? Well, 3 a.m. is what traditionally yep. it's the witching hour. Right, the witching hour. Once again, mocking, you know, the death of uh, Christ, of Jesus, Jesus Christ. Oh, know? is that the th story with the three? Yeah. Huh. It's like, it's, it's the opposite of 3 p.m. Huh. thought when he was crucified. And once again, the knocks mocking the Holy Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Well, you know what's interesting yeah. about the three knocks is that typically... Whenever someone knocks on a door, it's usually three times. Right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Just everybody, True. right? Yeah, right. yeah. Like, when do you, dot, dot, like, you, you know, very rarely. Because two is a coincidence. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Two is a coincidence, exactly. <laughs> three is commitment. <laughs> three is commitment. At this house Morgan's talking about, like, all the furniture is antique, too. I mean, you walk exactly. into it, you, you feel like you're taken back in time. It's oh, not wow. just like you're walking into an old home. You're walking into an old era. Picture that when you're hearing these stories, too. Really. Yes, very, lots of history historical artifacts in that home yeah. definitely we actually have a that was given to us from a friend that had passed one of my mom's closest friends she was a very interesting woman her name's Jan she actually used to do she used to dress up in old costumes like Victorian type costumes for as extras in movies oh cool and she would actually dress in this costuming while she would walk. She had two ducks and she used to walk them on a leash and she'd dress up in costuming to do that. Now that's a sight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. She was fun. She was wow. really a riot. She was really great. And she loved animals, which was wonderful. But my mom ended up getting her pew that she got somehow from the Vatican. Wow. So we have a what? pew from the Vatican. Really? Yes. I mean, you can do a lot of sage in a home, which I have. Ultimately, there's energy in all of these items. Yeah, there's energy true, right? in the house itself. But what I was going to say, Trevor, is that when I was talking about 
Snoopy seeing whatever she saw at 3 a.m. Yeah. yeah. When I had my psychic friend come over to say, oh, you have five spirits in this house, she actually pointed to that doorway next to that window that Snoopy would stare out at 3 a.m. And she said, there's a, a lady that likes to hang out right here. And I was like, oh, oh wow. crap. <laughs> this means that Snoopy's really looking at something. Yeah. And this is real now. <laughs> wow. So. Now, can animals see things that we can't traditionally? Is, is there anything, can especially cats see things? Is there any sort of school of thought? I will tell you guys I'm an animal communicator. Yes, they can. The thing is about animals is that they're more evolved in us in the sense that they're very connected to the spiritual and to the spirit realm. So and because they're so open, they can see these things and they can hear spirits as well. So definitely. I mean, so, so you don't currently live there considering where, where you currently do live. Do you feel like anything followed you home? To your new place? Oh, definitely not. No, 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 no. no I've never, no. Mm. Oh, sounds like a nice the house. Only, stay there. It, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Stay in that house. Yeah, exactly. It's the perfect haunted house, it's right? Perfect <laughs> haunted house. Why would you leave? There's a piece in the Vatican. That's, yeah. You don't yeah. leave the haunted mansion and go yeah. live at the Snow White ride. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> This was the Boo Crew Podcast, episode number five. A big thanks to our special guest, Ash Costello. Follow her on Instagram at Ash Costello, on Twitter at Ash underscore Costello, Facebook at Ash Costello Official. Keep up to date with New Year's Day at NYD Rock on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and at the Haxons all over the place. Malevolence from New Year's Day and Party Monsters from the Haxons available everywhere now. Our composer of the week was Rocky Gray. If you like what you heard, check out 1031film.com and rocky-gray.com. The guy's an enormous talent. Watch for him and support him. Thank you so much for your support and to Emily Boo Beach, Evan Baker, Lauren Novick, Miranda Wimsett, VMorg17, Melanie Dows, Brittany Lord, Justin Charles, and all our Facebook group members. Thank you for keeping the conversation going. If you have time, please stop by iTunes and write us a quick review. It's immeasurable how much that helps people find the show and enables us to keep this going. That's it for this time around. See you on the other side. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Boo Crew Podcast. Haunt the Boo Crew at TalesFromTheBooCrew.com. Tales from the Boo Crew on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at Tales from the Boo. The Boo Crew is Leone D'Antonio, Lauren and Trevor Shand, Austin Wilkin, and Rachel Tejada. The Boo Crew is Produced by Lauren Shen, chopped and sliced by Trevor Shen. The Boo Crew is a TSP creation. 